Welcome, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the How for Her Human Expansion Realized podcast. These podcasts are the creative artistry inspired by our weekly Gather for Her conversations that take place in real time. They are the culmination of co-created and harvested wisdom that is palpable during these gatherings around our virtual fire. Our hope is that in a practice of deep listening with us here, you will feel our hands at your back in the journey of realizing your own personal expansion, leaving each listening experience with a spark that ignites your how. This week, our hosts sit down with artist of impact, Michelle Leung, a life expressionist passionate about communicating her love of life through her use of vivid colors and bold techniques found in her iconic artwork. Together, they share a few laughs and get down to the nitty gritty of walking bravely with authentic joy. line that really speaks to me as we know we we're talking about walking bravely right now and um that i mean i love that you as a writer i'm like i love that you ended on challenging the status quo so i want to start there i want to start with what like that could mean a lot of different things for different people what does it mean to you what it means to me um I think I have to take a couple of steps back first. So, so what came up for me just as we were doing our inter, um, introductions tonight was um, earlier this evening, I just had another call um, with a small group of people whereby it's a, it's a close out call we, we, from this group where we did this experiential weekend about three months ago. And it uh, consists of this technique, um, Wim Hof, the Wim Hof technique, where we soak ourselves in ice water and we're doing a lot of breathing and all that. But the, the very powerful thing that happened to me that weekend was as we were going through the retreat um, and the facilitator who led the, the weekend, he talked about how we store um, stories and traumas and experiences in our in our, in our minds, in our bodies, in our brains, as well as our bodies. And we all know from four years onwards, we remember things, we have memories. And I thought I dealt with all that. But when he said that, we actually, our body remembers things that we do uh, from the age of zero to three. And that's the age when we actually cannot have memory, like we are not capable of building memories yet. The moment he said that, I remember I was sitting in that circle. I just broke down in tears. I I was so emotional and I realized, I. so he, he encouraged me to just listen in to that, what was going on in my body. And I realized I started hearing clanging sounds, metal sounds. I could feel the anxiety in the room, the nerves and everything. And I realized I was at my birth moment. Oh my gosh. And um, before the course, we had to fill in a survey form. And one of the things we had to identify for ourselves were what, what our cravings or addictions were. And everyone has something. I couldn't think of one, so I wrote crystals. I have a thing for crystals. So we had to break that down to what Chris, what was that about? And for me, I broke it down to I rely on crystals for their energy um, to help me go further. And so we unpacked that a little bit. And then when I had this memory, I felt the rejection I had at birth from my mom. And I felt I, I like it really hit me. And I tried to go further back and I went into this tunnel 
where I literally was like, whoosh, like out and go, hello everyone, here I am. <laughs> I like, I felt that. It was like, whoa, yeah. And then it was, bam, no, this is not my daughter. No, she's not my daughter because this is a story that my mom told me all my life growing up that when I was born, she was adamant that I was not her daughter. And she kept telling the nurse that they had the wrong baby. And because, because I have a very flat nose compared to what she has and, and that, and therefore I can't, I can't be her baby. And she's always told me this story as I was growing up, but I didn't realize that that rejection was so strong at that time. And my, I guess my body reminded me. So fast forward, that moment, remembering that I completely breaking down at the retreat and really releasing that. What I found myself saying this evening was since that weekend, three months later, I found myself slowly giving myself permission to just be myself in my power. And literally, as I do that every day, having that conversation with myself to allow my and give myself permission that I am special, I have, I am, you know, I deserve to be here. Universe just starts opening up and things start flowing in. Literally, I don't know, people are paying me a lot more than I expected. And I'm like, where is this money coming from? (laughs) So... (laughs) (laughs) so back to your question um challenging the status quo so i think i've now come to find myself in this position where i am really feeling like you know what everything that you've told me before i've been told before why i don't i don't believe you or i don't agree with you but this is what i think and i'm not here to be a rebel i'm not push i'm not deliberately pushing back it's only because i'm just questioning why um why should marriage why why do we why why is a relationship or marriage just about being married and or divorce like it's just black or white why why are we always just you know why do we have to accept um there's just been a, a I don't. I think one thing I talked about was striptease, for example. Uh, why? Why is that shameful? Why can't that be something beautiful and central that we women can just do for ourselves and not for any man? Um, why? You know, just all these things, and that's my way of challenging the status quo, in a nutshell. <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm. I can see Shar has an impulse on this. I'm just going to pop this in. I saw you lean forward. I, like you know, what you brought, what brought for me is imagine if if we didn't have to re, re, be rebellious, we just had to, we just had to live our life, and that in itself is like that is the act of rebellion, whatever, right? Like we don't have to push; we just express. All yes. All my like as I was growing up, because you know, I'm I grew up in a very traditional Asian society where I was told many things as a woman, I cannot be this and that. I cannot be a doctor. I cannot be an architect. I cannot be this because I'm a woman and I cannot, you know, be an entrepreneur. Uh, Artist, definitely no go. Um, You know, no art. Uh, It's art is banned in my house uh, as I was growing up. And there were many things like my brothers were never made to wash dishes and I have to do it because I'm the girl. So it's just all these things. But 
And I would always question why. And I would always be told, no, stop being a rebel. You're such a rebel. I'm like, well, I'm not deliberately trying to, you know, um, be the, I'm not the angry person. I'm not angry. I'm just questioning why. I, I genuinely just am curious. If you can give me a reason and I respect your reason, that's fine. But I have my own reasons too. Yeah, I think you saw me lean forward, T, because I love the um, I love the practice of simply asking why. Um, I think I think we we restrict ourselves from being able to expand if we're not constantly asking those questions. You know, it's like a little tiny fish in a goldfish bowl, right? Like, you know, you can push against or push against or push against, or you can, you know, <laughs> or you can question it and be like, huh, I wonder if this is all there is in this little goldfish bowl. Um, and and maybe then decide to do something else. But I, I yeah, I love and... Um, Another why is why have we defined a, a you know a, a rebel with the right intentionality behind that as good or bad, and uh, again I I I think as you know we've certainly had a lot of conversations and and uh, interactions where I'm really pushing into um, the area that lives between black and white, and. The gray area for a long time is, is, you know, well, you just definitely don't want to be in the gray area because that's where, you know, you're not sure of it. You know, you either have to be on one side or the other. Get really clear as a leader about what you believe. And now I'm starting to be curious about, hmm, what if we were okay to live a little bit more in this gray area? What might that look like? Um, and uh, sorry to pull Gray into a conversation with a brilliant artist, <laughs> but, but that's kind of, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, so there's my contribution to kick us off, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Sharon, I'm wondering if there's anything coming up for you. Um, I, I, what, what's, I'll tell you where I'm going if it connects. When Michelle was talking about the your memory, Michelle, of like, like basically like coming down the birth canal, right? Hello, here I am. And um and and that awareness, like there was this immediate this 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 is how I came into the world and then this happened. And and um Sharon is I'm just wondering when I think of your story, I loved how you said, you know, you're you haven't got things figured out and and you're and you're 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 curious and you're active and you're listening. If there's if there's anything there around reclaiming, like reclaiming our our, our being, if just wondering if there's anything there for you or something else. Um, yeah, so certainly the, um, that piqued my interest um, with you, with your mother um, um, claiming you not to be hers. And, and so I'm, I'm just curious, um, what was your relationship like with your mother back in those days? With her, it was, it was always great. Like we were friends. People, my friends, always commented, you know, on how 
we appear to be really good friends, not like mother and daughter, but more like friends. And I still, you know, we're still really good friends till now. We talk a lot. Um, but there, I knew there were certain things that she couldn't talk about. And I also knew that this was not so much my problem. It's more of her, uh, you know, burden or shame or whatever that she had with her. And I somehow knew that as a child um, growing up because that, that comment, that story from her continued till even till I was pregnant with my wow. second child who was a daughter, a girl, and she said, oh, I hope she doesn't get your nose, you know, and I was <laughs> like, you know what? I think it's time you stop saying that to me. Yeah. <laughs> and then I did a painting. So I actually created a painting from that story. <laughs> I think I said, then I think the message was clear and I then released that. So, but in terms of the relationship, yeah, I've never had any, um, animosity or anger towards her that's mm -hmm. wonderful yeah so as far as reclaiming anything then there really wasn't anything to uh, reclaim with your mother in that respect well i thought so but um so the the person who the leader of that group who was facilitating mm -hmm. um this retreat he's actually a, psych a, a psychiatrist psychologist yes yeah, psychologist and he said there is definitely a relationship between my craving uh, towards the crystals because it could feel probably like some of my power was taken away from me oh. because crystals, I, I was going to the crystals for energy and for power, uh, for something greater. And I felt like I needed uh, an extra source of energy. That's what I was, you know, kind of relying on the crystals for. So that was what he pointed out. And then tonight when we reflected and I said, actually, ever since that weekend, I'm finding myself to be more and more detached from the crystals and to the point where I'm now actually looking at them and I love them, but I want to give them away to people, to friends. And I don't need them anymore. And he pointed out that could be because I'm, you know reclaiming my own power so i've become the source of my own power and energy i don't need it from anything else or anyone else mm, wonderful that's awesome i want to move into um artist of impact conversation uh because it, you actually just twigged on it when you said um when you had a, a daughter and your mom said the thing about the nose and you're like i so i made a painting about it and like all of a sudden, you, so you, you released that story, right? So, you, so there's, there's that. It's like you're having your own impact and now there's world impact, right? As we take care of ourselves, we now have energy to take care of others or, and work in that, the cycle of, of life. And in your, in your work, um, you've worked with ex-convicts and you just gave a keynote. And I'm wondering about that connection in your work, that call in your work and what led you there and anything you want to share with us about that experience um how it led me it was just very fluid um i gave a presentation on instagram to i'm part of i'm part of quite a few circles and this was a circle of women artists and then she said actually michelle you're a really good speaker would you want to join this group and present your story to um these were so uh, ex-convicts who were so they were out of jail and they were part of the support group I was like yeah sure I'm more than happy to share my story so I shared my story and apparently they loved it so much they took that video and brought it into prison and that became a video that they show to the inmates in there who 
want to join this art group in prison. And it's now become the induction video, <laughs> my story. And it's, and it's a, a male prison, right? It's all males. So that was happening. And then they came back to me and they said, do you know what, Michelle, would you like to go into prison and give a keynote to these guys in there? And I was like, yeah, sure. Okay, sounds great. But I didn't realize what I was getting myself into at, until I had, you know, kind of prepare for it. And someone pointed out, do you have to wear masks? You know, like, because we're in Singapore and it's really strict here. So you have to think about masks and everything. And, and then I realized, wow, just going, what is it going to be like walking into a male prison during COVID times where there's going to be a lot of distancing and barriers and then she pointed out my, you know, the trainer was pointing out they were probably all shaved bald as well. So I like, whoa, okay, just visually was really quite intimidating for me. And I just thought about the energy in that room. So it was it was very intimidating, of course, walking in. And I said to myself, you know what? I'm just gonna go be myself. I'm just gonna, I, I don't I wanna just speak from my heart. And that's what they told me, Michelle, if you really want to connect with them, you need to let your guard down. You need to do the, the victim story, like, you know, to, uh, to, to connect with them on the heart level. So I went in and I said, you know, I'm just going to speak from my heart. And I you know, just talked basically. And one by one, at first, you know, they were all like that. And it was about 30, 40 men in, in the room, bald of all different ages, different uh, ethnicity, um, it was it was hard, and by the end of that talk, an hour later, they were all laughing. <laughs> Everyone were like dying to ask questions, <laughs> and then by the end, they were like dying to like, oh, can you come and see my stand? Like, you know, I want to give you a tour, and they were all talking about it. All right, and everything I loved it. And when are you coming back? When are you coming back? But it was, I think, for me, the lesson, kind of the biggest lesson, was you know, we're all humans at the end of the day. And it is all about connecting from your heart. Um, you can prepare as much as you want from your head, but at the end of the day, what we feel, what others feel, and what others truly get from you is what your heart wants to say. So I really worked really hard on channeling to my heart chakra for that day. Mm -hmm. So one of our signature questions and I think you're kind of like right on it I'd love to hear right about what um so what walking bravely as an artist of impact means to you I feel like you've kind of kind of nailed that already or we can kind of pick up on it but I'm really curious about why that matters right now to you I had to think very much very hard about this one um what does walking bravely mean and, and an artist of impact as well. What does that mean? I think it's also because I, when I look back on my childhood and who I, you know, am and was, I never really knew fear. That's something that was always in me. I just don't really knew fear. The moment, the, the first few moments when I knew fear was when I was snowboarding down the slope in Switzerland and I had so many falls. It was so bad. The pain was so bad. I started to learn fear and that was in my, what, like late 20s. Before that, I just don't really know fear. So people used to say to me, Michelle, you're so brave. How you just gave up your career, like my financial career, finance career and just 
jumped into being an artist, didn't go to art school or anything and just painted. I said, you know what? I just don't think very much. I just kind of do. And I think that's partly what walking bravely for me means. Don't think so much, do what your heart tells you. And that includes many, many things, many aspects of life, like speaking your truth. Don't think so much because the moment we start to think, you know, the ego kicks in and goes, are you sure you want to say that? You're going to look stupid. And I am like one of those who wants known to be the one like, Bleh! I'll just say it. Um, <laughs> And when it comes to my art, uh, I I really paint, I guess, what resonates with me, like from my heart. So my collection's about my childhood, or right now it's about femininity, um, the repressed, suppressed female, and the roles that we all have to be being told to play. Um, it's yeah, so it's people ask me like, you know, do I, do I look at any pictures? And I don't, they all comes from you know, the imagination. And I think that is what walking bravely means too. It's, you know, daring to make that leap of faith in whether you're speaking, writing, painting, whatever, dancing from your heart, truly from within. Ask um, what, um were the what was the journey for you from um, when you think of yourself as a, a budding new artist until to where you are now? Did you have any periods in between where you were just like, I can't do this? And if so, what propelled you forward and kept you going? So many moments, <laughs> including right now. <laughs> I mean, right now in my collection, I'm like, oh my God, I just want to give up. <laughs> um, Okay, perhaps a little backstory on how I started. Um, I I was in a banking job, really well-paying bank, banking job, and from one moment to the other, I got a phone call from HR, walked into the room and said, well, sorry, you're losing, you know, we're, we're just going to have to, you, you're losing your job, basically. The entire team lost their job overnight. And I just said, oh, that's all right. I can find another job and an accountant, no problem. Just want to check. Um, does the three month redundancy package include these medical checkups? And she goes, uh, yes, but what medical checkups do you need? I was like, oh, well, you know, I'm pregnant. I'm like, you know, two and a half months pregnant. So I need to go to the doctor. And she, and the look on her face was like, oh, and that told me she didn't know about it. And so I didn't think it was a problem at that time. And, but I went for loads of interviews, um, and it was always to the very last moment. And I said, I just want to check. The headhunter said to you, like told you this, I'm, that I'm pregnant, but it shouldn't be a problem because I'm at the final stage. We're about to sign the contract. And it would always be, oh, oh, uh, well, uh, yeah, uh, maybe we need to talk about that. So I felt it was awful because I, like, for the first time, I felt so discriminated for being a pregnant woman. And I was not even, like, four months. I was not showing. And I'm a project. I was interviewing for a project management role, which means I can, you know, kind of plan the entire project or whatever around that time anyway. And it's only three months maternity leave in Singapore. So around the same time, um, I started having a dream. And it kept coming to me, like, every, now, every few days. And it was these red poppies sunset sky red sky and it was really vivid and i was talking to my best friend she said why don't you go and paint it if it's you know really bugging you and i go what paint 
I, I don't know how to, like, what do you mean paint? Paint where? And so I walked into an art studio and go, hello, I'm here to paint. Um, do you need a picture? No, 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 the picture's in my mind. I, that's okay. And I go, so what's acrylic paint? How do I do this? And they go, oh, mix it with, you just mix it with water. I was like, oh, like watercolor. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, I can do that. And it was how I got started. I just didn't think. I just thought, this is, this is fun. Sure, I can do it. I've got time now. I don't have a job yet, so I'll just sit and paint. And from one, it went to three paintings. Um, they still sit at home now. My husband refuses to sell them. And then I went back to work. And then it was after I went back to work, you know, things started happening. And it was when it was at that time I decided six months later because of severe pain. I had a really back, uh, bad back uh, issue, pain, a slip disc. And I just said, okay, you know what? God, universe, whoever you are, I hear you. I shall give this art thing a go. And that was how I got started. And I was very lucky that I had friends who said, you know, oh, you're, you, you're taking yourself seriously now, we'll commission you. So I started on commissions doing paintings for children. And what kept me going was seeing the looks on their faces of pure joy when they look at their paintings and they're so excited and happy. That's like, wow, that's, if I can make a child so happy, that has to be, you know, something, I've got to be on the right track. It doesn't matter, I'm not making much money from this, but my heart is so full. So that was how I got started. And then about four years later, three years later, gallery saw my work and really liked it and said, hey, Michelle, we want to take you, you know, to um, Affordable Art Fair, which is a very big art exhibition. And that was the first time I was going public. So with my first collection that I went public with, it was, I decided to do, you know what? I'm not doing this children art thing. I want to do womanhood, sensuality, femininity. So that was around the same time. Uh, that was basically when the whole sensual collection was born. And yeah, so that was the first painting I did. And that came in a dream. That was basically gave, what gave birth to the entire sensual collection. Now, I took the central collection to Affordable Art Fair and the reaction from people was not quite what I expected. Everyone went, oh, my God, are you sure you want to put this out there? You're a children artist. How can you do this? You, you can't. You have to choose one or the other. Don't you think your children art fans are going to start being really critical of you because you're painting like children's stuff and then all of a sudden you've got this and and then they might think you might start hiding naked people in the paint in your children paintings i'm like are you seriously saying this to me and but that actually had a massive impact on me and my my artist ego and i actually recoiled and that was when then the next collection was born but i didn't allow myself although i kind of put that sensuality voice down a little bit. I didn't allow myself to stop trying, um, putting my colors out there. Um, so I just tried a different angle. I'm like, well, I've got more than one story to tell. It's not just about sensuality. I'm a woman. I've got many different aspects of me. So I chose to then go down my childhood route. And that collection became really, really popular. And people didn't, I guess, you know, with through the years and time, people start accepting me for who I am because I keep saying, I don't just have to be one thing. I am a woman, I'm a, I have many different roles. So why can't I have many different collections and art? I don't need to just do one thing. And I hope that answers your question. <laughs>
Yeah, very much so. Shar, what's coming up for you? I think I'm kind of curious um, about where you feel you might be being guided uh, next. So I'm, I'm pulling together the threads of, you know, the impact that you had in prison. And I just finished writing a piece about a woman's ability to hold space for men to heal. And so forth into that. And I'm pulling a piece where you never even felt fear until your 20s snowboarding. And then the last piece of how you listen to your body um, as a sign from the creator to give your true gifts a try. And so I'm wondering if we put all of that in, in a container and shook it, you know, um, where, where does that artist and change maker feel like you might be being guided into next? I'm really just, good I'm question. just curious. It's a question I've been asking the guides um, about. And there's definitely something, I know I've always been a bridge. Even when I was working in Switzerland, I was the bridge between Asia and Europe culturally. Being the project manager that I was, I brought cultures and people together. And in my space now, I do find that I'm bringing men, yeah, masculine and feminine together. I'm, I'm very much as a person myself, split in the middle that there's that accountant mathematician part of me which is the masculine and then that's the crazy central striptease dancer person like feminine in me <laughs> and i now held two um circles uh for men and women in the circle and then i've held the feminine circle just women as well and i actually feel a lot more energized from the mixed one so that kind of tells me something. I enjoy having both um, of the energies there and working with that. And I've, I'm genuine, generally very comfortable with men, always have been. So I feel like that could be more my direction, not so much, you know, just for the feminine. Um, it's about helping both men and women bring some feminine and masculine energy together um, and finding, achieving that balance. So I'm really excited. <laughs> wow. Um, one of the things that I love about listening to you and through, through the hub of Powerhouse, because Powerhouse is an impact organization. And so as a story tracker, what, how I interpret that is it's like powerhouse sees where we're going. And of course, Shar is a visionary. And so she, the joke is she's always five years ahead of everybody going, come on, can't you see what I see? Come on. And so like in her gifting, Shar's gifting is, is where we're going. And, and what I so hear in your gifting is, is the, the, um, the other side of that bookshelf, right? Is, is actually the burst, the burst of birth. And, and in the burst of birth, um, 
the impact takes care of itself and we need each other. Like I, what I'm, what I'm noticing is like, wow, we need each other. We, we need the, 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 the burst of impact and seeing that and the burst of like Shar's gifting is this is where we're going. I don't know how we're going to get there. And then your gifting is like, this is what we're birthing. I don't know where we're going. <laughs> it's like, it's so cool. Um, that's probably really accurate because I am a creator. I've realized that now I am like, my gift is creating, whether it's, painting art like visual arts or, or whatever i've always been a creator and that's like what energizes me yeah yeah okay so we're, i want to move into a question that can serve all of us that are listening in a in a practical way um which is would you have a, a routine or a ritual or a practice that you can share with us to help us cultivate more bravery in our own lives based on you know your experience of bravery anything you can give us there Absolutely. I always say this to all my girlfriends, self-love. <laughs> self-love. I'm the queen of self-love. <laughs> I love it. More, more, more. <laughs> yeah, because I think your tank needs to be full first before you can take care of anyone else. And when you, you know, give yourself permission and that time to love yourself, you just have more capacity to love others and the world. And self-love comes in many different forms, and I do many different ones on different days can be masturbating for an hour <laughs> like first thing in the morning if I have a massive meeting ahead I'm like oh yeah I'm gonna do that <laughs> to you know yoga or meditation or swimming um yeah but I think you know, for me I've, I always try to wake up asking, what's my self-love today? What am I going to, like, or, you know, somewhere in the afternoon, have I done any self-love today? What, how am I loving myself today? And I, I always encourage that. I love that. If we, if we could wake up every morning and ask ourselves, how am I, how am I self-loving today? And link that to how I'm walking more bravely as a leader and make that correlation because I don't, I just acknowledge the answer to the question. And uh, I don't know that we make the link between those two. We're always looking out there for the next mm -hmm. course, program, mm -hmm. teacher, you know, uh, to, to up our ante. And, and what I heard you say is it's right here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Thank you. Over to you, Sharon. Well, I loved all of this so far, but uh, a phrase that stuck out for me is, I've got more than one story to tell. I loved when you said that, it just got little tingles. Um, so, so um, and it just had me thinking, so when you were in the prison and you gave your talk, um, and, and, and since then, when you're uh, working with um, your groups, what, um, what are the other stories um, that, you, that you tell? Um, you, you, you talk about your art, I'm sure, but uh, what else? Or if you haven't, um, anything else, what's percolating for you for other stories to tell? I'm just curious. 
I mean, for me, a big story is definitely um, of the the child, you know, the childhood, the conservatives and the conservative environment that I grew up in. No one, most people who meet me and get to know me, they just cannot believe that I come from that background. And, you, you know, and I thank my parents for it. Um, I don't hold anything against them. Um, that's just who they are and what they brought with them. Uh, but that was, and, and because of that, I'm able to appreciate that the flip side a lot more. Um, so that's, that's definitely a very big story. Just, it goes to so many depths on, you know, how I cannot do so many things. Um, when I wanted to work part-time because all my friends were working part-time, my dad would say, no, you sit down and do maths and I'll pay you to do maths. It was that extreme, um, to, yeah, you cannot, you cannot, be whoever you want because you're a woman or I was in a relationship and I broke up from that relationship because I said, well, I can't trust this guy. And my dad said to me, well, you know, you just got to close one eye and suck it up a little bit. You know, like sometimes you women just need to accept certain things that men do. I was like, no, I'm not going to accept that. Um, So, you know, these are all like, these are all the different conversations that I grew up with and I, I guess for now I learn how to use them for the greater good rather than wallow in them and, and have anger from that. I don't actually. Um, other stories is work, work-wise in my professional career, the, the, the repression, the suppression, the, the patriarchy in the banking world. Oh, <laughs> how I got so sick all the time, my body. Like I, I thought I had brain cancer at one point. Um, there's just all the different physical symptoms that were coming up. The, the pain that I went through um, was so immense. I could not bend to brush my teeth in the morning. It was that bad. And I started that, you know, from that I learned these conversations were actually my body talking to me. So that's also another um, story that I, yeah, um, have and think about, talk about. And then there's the, that's the more central side of things. There's that wild woman breaking to get out. <laughs> I did a striptease dance with friends last weekend and a guy... <laughs> my husband was there um, and the guy, <laughs> the guy just said michelle you're like this sun you're like the heat is too much i've got to put my shades on it's just way too much <laughs> oh my gosh i love it can you imagine you know it's really interesting in our lap in our writing retreat we just came back from a writing retreat Yes. Uh, Shar pulled the sun card and so much of the, um, yeah, of the conversation was even in the writing prompt was, was um, as I give my heat to the world, as I share my heat, if I share from my heat, I offer this. So it's like, and here we are. Um, your heat is magnificent and your heat heals and your heat we had this other image turns over the puzzle pieces for people when it, that, and the climax of a story, the puzzle pieces turn over and like, oh, that's what that is. And your heat delivers that. Um, so thank you. We're, we're about to wrap up and I want to make sure that people know that they can buy your work. <laughs> do, do you ship to Canada, Michelle? Like, how does this work? How do we order stuff from you? Free shipping globally. <laughs> Free shipping globally. And we can, like, your work, we can go to your, your website. It's and all on my website. Yeah. Okay. 
And is there any, um, are there, do you have any projects on the, on the go that, that you're looking for contributors or like, and I mean, like, are you, is there a service piece that you're offering that you're looking for support? I'm just noodling around to go, what else is going on in your world that we can support? <laughs> I don't know yet. <laughs> oh, okay. Let us know. I want you to know that we're a circle. We, we say in, in, um, in the house that we are the hands at your back. And, uh, and so if, if you're in a place where your work is um, opened or hands at your back, you're moving something forward, please, please know that we are the hands at your back and every woman here. And as well, please know that you have been the hands at the back of, of women listening to this around empowerment and permission and self-taught and and bursting forth and sensuality and, and all of the things. Um, thank you, um, thank you, thank you, thank you for that. How would you like to close today, Shar? do you think? I kind of, I wonder if there's a, if we wanna receive some sun and close on a word or something. I don't know, or if Michelle, if it's something you wanna close with. Can I just say one thing? Yeah. Even though, like, I think what's important for me is that I'm not just seen as an, not just, but just seen as an artist, a visual artist. That's why I call myself a life expressionist. So I'm always more than happy to share my story or talk to anyone. Um, and that's, that's what I live for. So I don't just do painting. I talk a lot to other circles. And uh, so if, if people feel that the story, my story or what I do resonates with can help someone else in this world, please just reach out to me. And, you know, I would be more than happy to do it. As always, we are so grateful for your deep listening with us. We want you to know that there is a community here that you may not know about yet. We gather virtually every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific time for these live conversations, and we call it Gather for Her. This is the place where we begin to weave our individuality together to remove silos and place our hands at each other's backs for activated, intentional action towards a world we all want for 2030, where we prepare for a better world. When you're ready, we're here. Find us at powerhouse.com and get social with us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. If it feels right, you can support this inspired wisdom through Patreon at patreon.com powerhouse. Until next time, keep listening and know we're always here, ready to gather with you.